God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the chance to encourage those that may be battle-worn. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to give them just some encouragement to keep pushing, to keep striving. God, let the words from my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, you are our strength. You are our redeemer. God, this is for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hello, hello. This is Latanya Price, and I am coming to you with the Reviving the Spirit Rehabilitation for Battle Worn Christians podcast. And I'm coming to you today with a topic that is something that may not seem like it should happen, but it does. Um, and it is about navigating spiritual burnout. And basically, we're just going to go over understanding the signs and causes of burnout and practical steps to recover. And then, of course, reigniting your passion for faith. I know if I were to ask the question of how many of us have experienced some level of burnout even if you think it was you like like you wasn't quite there but you was like oh I was on the brink of burnout but we have others that were like no nah, I felt that Mm-mm. yep I've been there I've had my burnout um I I just I mm-mm. I just couldn't deal with some of my church members I just couldn't deal with my pastor I there was a lot that was going on in my life and I just was burnt out. I was I was just too burnt out of doing everything, everything, everything and pushing and pressing and pressing and pressing. Eventually, I just finally lost the zeal. I finally just lost the fire. It just went out. A lot of us can confess that that fire sometimes have gone out. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay. Um, Because number one, we have to recognize when the fire goes out. We have to recognize when the burnout happens. And when we do recognize it, we want to make sure that we address it. And we want to make sure that we don't feel isolated and we don't feel alone and we don't feel ashamed about it. Right. And so let's go ahead and get into that. Um, First and foremost, um, a definition for spiritual burnout, um, there's nothing distinctive of it besides the fact that it's just that that loss of passion, that loss of 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 zeal, if you will, for the faith uh, journey or the faith community, or for you, or for when you do a lot of um, like when you serve in the community, um, be it within the four walls of a church building or outside the four walls of a church building. And you somehow, unfortunately, you know, you, you get into that groove, you get into 
that 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 um, I don't want to necessarily call it a rut, but I guess for some it may they might consider it a rut, where they're just serving and serving and serving and serving and serving in and of itself is never negative. It's always a wonderful thing to do because we are called to serve. We are servants, <laughs> um, because that's what God will refer us. Is how he's going to address us, thy good and faithful servant. So we're servants. And so it's nothing wrong with serving. But um, I was reading um, a website that was talking about, um, you know, how how the burnout happens a lot of the time. And it was and I found that on um, soulshepherding.org. And they were just talking about, um, it's a very beautiful website, by the way. Um, and I was looking on there because they do a lot of support for like pastors and leaders, um, of, of ministries and different things like that. Because a lot of times, you know, we think, um, they, you, we think that sometimes maybe pastors and leaders shouldn't feel the burnout or they shouldn't feel overwhelmed or they shouldn't feel the weight, but they do. And so this particular website um, offers like special uh, just counseling and different resources to help just ensure that leaders are revived and leaders are um, strengthened um, and leaders are poured into. Because sometimes as leaders, we often find ourselves not being poured into like we should. And so this particular website just kind of discusses some things and to kind of just briefly just say, you know, some of the symptoms and signs, right? Um, I just kind of mentioned it. When you lose that enthusiasm, you know, when you lose that zeal for the for just the just the practical, um, spiritual practices. Um, you know, maybe you don't feel like praying. How many can say that? Amen. We don't feel like reading our Bible. We don't feel like participating in all the different church services. We don't feel like um, having to go in into the church building and smile and act like everything is okay. So that way nobody keeps asking us, are you okay? You know, and then, um, feeling disconnected from your faith community. Um, we have those that, you know, um, just all of a sudden is not feeling as though they either don't maybe feel the love or they may feel like something is happening to the effect that, um, that particular community that they're involved with is not seeing them, right? Because they're going through so much and they're, and they're serving and they're doing everything. And I'm not saying that the community should always be so quick to pat you on the back or to offer accolades, if you will. Um, and I'm not saying that, um, accolades and different things like that isn't nice. It is. It's nice to be recognized. It's nice to be appreciated. Absolutely. However, you have times where you don't feel that connection anymore with your community. And so that's, that can be another sign of burnout. And then um, just emotional exhaustion. And these are, and, and we all know about different burnouts, right? We, we hear about burnouts with people's career. We hear people's burnout mentally, physically. Um, just different things in life just seems to happen and you just get burnt out. And so emotional exhaustion, right? And just that whole aspect of I am tired, you know, and you can't explain it. 
sometimes. Like you can't even explain the tiredness. Like you can just be sitting somewhere and all of a sudden you like, and you ain't done nothing. And you just be like, I'm tired, but I didn't do nothing. That could be a symptom of burnout. And then struggling to find the meaning and purpose in your faith. Okay. So those are just some signs and symptoms. Um, and of course we want to be reminded, um, there's a scripture reference that I just have jotted down here, um, of Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, where we're encouraged to come to me, all who are, and this is Jesus speaking, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, rest. Some elements of burnout when it comes to recovery, <laughs> It involves just getting some simple rest that um, the soul shepherding.org. Like I was noticing um, they offer like retreats. I believe if I was reading all their resources correctly, where they offer different retreats and they just come together and they come to rest, but they come, you know, they come together for like, you know, Bible study and stuff like that. But overall to experience a nice spiritual retreat, where you get to just rest and disconnect from the busyness of it all because ministry and serving and it gets busy. You hear me? <laughs> it gets busy. And so we have to be mindful that sometimes all we need is just a little rest. Causes of spiritual burnout, right? Let's look at that. Causes of spiritual burnout. So there could be some underlying causes that can contribute to spiritual burnout. And um, I was just talking about, you know, we keep going and we keep going. So guess what that can be about? That can be overcommitment and lack of boundaries <laughs> in the different activities that you do for your faith community. Like you trying to do everything, and I mean everything that goes through every ministry you trying to participate in everything from the choirs to the ushers to the greeters to the children's ministry to um the 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 uh pastor's um appreciation to, <laughs> to the beautiful the, to the uh beautification or cleaning ministry of the, of the of the church ministry to the uh to the outreach the missions the, the feeding the homeless and going to the shelters and going to the prison ministry. I mean, you try to do it all. That's overcommitment. One person cannot do it all. We have to remember when we're reminded about we're all, yeah, we're all one body, but we're many members. We got to all take what we are given as our spiritual gift through the Holy Spirit and contribute that. But your particular gift was never meant to do it all. Sure, we have the, 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 the wonderful promise that he gives us strength to do all things. But that's not a literal, <laughs> a literal uh, command to do all things. That's not what that scripture was trying to reference. That that's not that's not what that scripture was trying to say. He can give us strength to do all things, but it wasn't a literal. Yeah, I want you to do all things. That's not what Jesus wants us to do. That's not what God wants us to do. No, no, ma'am, no, sir. 
No, ma'am, no, sir. So we have to understand that unhealthy comparison with other spiritual journeys. I made mention right in the beginning, there's no embarrassment. There's no need to be embarrassed about being spiritually burnt out. There's no need to feel like you're the only one that ever experiences it. There's no need to look at another person and say, wow. I mean, it's great to have admiration for someone who is strong and you can recognize their spiritual strength. But at the same time, you don't need to compare yourself if you need a break, but they're still going. Everybody's different. I just said, we all are given different. We are all endowed and given different spiritual gifts. And so everyone is on a different level in their journey. Everyone is on a different, uh, uh, a, a, a different season, if you will, in their journey. Um, everybody, as far as a Christian faith journey, we're all, we all are on the same uh, goal. We know what the end goal is. We all want to, you know, live <laughs> in heaven for all eternity. You know, we want that promise. And so that's pretty much the end goal. But yet, the path to get there is very unique for so many of us. Sure, we we all have, we all see plenty of pastors, plenty of evangelists, plenty of ministers, plenty of mission workers. Um, we see a lot of people doing the same things. But I promise you, that one person, there can be 20 people that go on a mission trip. But I promise you, those individuals have something to contribute or to pour into that mission trip based upon that person's gift. And God is going to ensure to use that person's gift to help work everybody together in order to help those people on that mission trip, right? So we cannot do that comparison. Don't compare. It's very, very, very unhealthy. It's cool to admire. It's cool to seek counsel from someone that you feel as though, man, they display a lot of strength. I want to know how they do it. But it's never healthy to consider yourself inadequate if you're starting to say, man, hmm, I must not be strong enough because I see them do this. Now that's not how this faith journey works. Neglecting self-care and focusing solely on spiritual duties. We have to understand that God loves us so much. If we really, really understood it, we would really constantly probably feel a level of shame if we really thought about how much God loves us. But yet, we should take that to know that God wants us to be well taken care of. It was never meant for us to be overworked, to be overwhelmed, to be stressed. Um, We have so many things that does happen in this life, um, in a faith journey. Um, We read about different things. Examples in the Bible, different stories from different individuals. And um, I don't want to call them characters because they're not characters. They're they're actual people that 
to have their stories told in the Bible for a reason. And so we have to look at those individuals and wonder what did they do for their self-care? Even when we think about Jesus, even when we consider Jesus and his ministry, he stole away a lot. He took time to himself a lot. Everything that was recorded in, um, I believe it is in John where he makes mention that there's no way that everything apart that happened in Jesus' ministry could be recorded. If the Gospels truly recorded everything that Jesus did, we, want, <laughs> we would never be able to probably really get through the Bible <laughs> the way we probably need to. To really record everything that he's ever done. But, uh, but what is so significant if you read through the Gospels is that he stole away a lot. In the early mornings, in the evenings, whenever he needed some time with the Father. He took time with the Father. And one of the things that I remember reading from that website, that soul shepherding website, is that one of the things that causes spiritual burnout is not taking enough time to have intimacy with God. We don't take enough time to really have time between just ourselves and God alone. Yes, is it wonderful to be in community surroundings? Absolutely. It's wonderful to go to church. It's wonderful to go to different events, conferences, um, trips, um, and all those wonderful things. Yet, those are just wonderful, but it's more important on how you're taking care of yourself and allowing God to help you with that. And that can only happen when you take attention to self-care. So don't neglect self-care. Yes, spiritual duties is wonderful. But self-care has to be a part of that. Personal life challenges impacting your spiritual well-being. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of them ones that's the top that causes spiritual burnout. Like, we always hear about making sure we have healthy boundaries. We know we keep hearing about how saying no <laughs> is a whole statement, right? No explanation, just say no. We're starting to hear more about self-care. We, we're starting to um, recognize, you know, people um, not wanting to compare. We want to be, be our own unique selves and respect that about each other, right? And so um, self-care and everything else. But somewhere along the lines... The personal life challenges, those alone can cause a spiritual burnout so quick. Because we start to do the duties and we start to do the different things in life. And sometimes we're blindsided when the life challenges happen, right? Because we're so busy and we're blindsided sometimes. And Sometimes even when we 
go through those life challenges and we go through and we go and and when I say we go through we we make you know we start from the from the very beginning and we go through the challenge and we get to the other side here comes another challenge when they're back to back to back to back that listen that right there can burn you And it is a part of the, and it is a strategy of the enemy. That is a strategy of the enemy because, of course, he wants to see us burnt out. <laughs> he doesn't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to do the service, the spiritual duties. He doesn't want us to serve God and people. Nah. We hear the strategy of the enemy in the Bible. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when we don't take the time to know that these life challenges will cause us to have a need to stand still because some life challenges will punch you in the gut and take the very wind out of you it will cause you to buckle it will cause you to literally feel like the very ground and foundation that you was walking on suddenly disappears life challenges can make you feel like you're in constant waves you're like you're in the boat <laughs> with the disciples and Jesus was asleep and you just and you and the boat is just being tossed to and fro the wind is beating on that boat the rain is heavy i'm talking about um heavy rain like i moved to Austin Texas i was born and raised in Annapolis Indiana I moved to Austin, Texas at the top of the pandemic, me and my husband and our son. And when I tell you I have never seen rain, (laughs) I come from Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes, we have rain in Indianapolis, Indiana. We sure do. We do. We do. Um, And we've had downpours. But but, um, I don't understand the rain that happens here. It's a different level of, of 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 downpour, like the rain. They have, they now, I mean, you know the cliche. Everything is bigger in Texas. I feel like the raindrops is bigger here in Texas. But I digress. Let me focus. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm trying to illustrate with that is is sometimes the raindrops is bigger, depending upon what the challenge is. It's it is a downpour. It drenches you. And that will cause you to say, you know what? I'm good. It'll make you feel like you need to throw in your towel. You need to lay down the cross. You need to lay down that mantle for a little bit. And you may or may not, and you contemplate (laughs) on thinking about, should I pick it back up? 
that's spiritual burnout. So that brings me to the other scripture reference where it says in Galatians 6 and 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It gets tough. But we do have to keep pressing and we do have to do our best. Take some time. I'm not saying them life challenges won't cause you to pause because it will. But just pause. Don't be afraid to pick back up the mantle. Don't be afraid to pick back up your cross. Don't be afraid to grab the towel again. Don't be afraid to start talking to God again. Don't be afraid to start praying for others again. Because sometimes we'll, we'll allow the enemy to trick us into thinking, oh, I, I thought I was serving and I thought I would never face a challenge. I thought I would never have to battle if I just keep serving. That is a lie. Even Paul, actually all everybody, if you read the Bible and you really understand it, everybody, Jesus himself tells us, you're going to face challenges. We're in a world where there are some wickedness in high places even. It's dark wickedness. And we have to understand that the strategies of the enemy, he is unrelenting, but God is unrelenting as well. But the enemy is unrelenting. And so if Jesus himself have to endure, if he had to endure, we will too. But we have to know that even when the burnout comes or it begins to happen. We have to know how to come out. And so here's some practical steps to recover and reignite your passion. So there are some actionable. These are, these are things that we can do, right? So have some self-compassion and acknowledge your feelings. Listen, give yourself some grace. Jesus had compassion. When we read about how Jesus would look upon the people during his ministry, he had compassion for them. And if you really study what that compassion meant, it was such a deep emotion of of wanting to care for them and wanting to ensure that they were okay and wanting to ensure that those people didn't have to hurt, didn't have to endure, didn't have to go through what they went through. He had a compassion for them. And it was, it, it, it's not what this modern day compassion talks about. I'm talking about a compassion that literally wrenches your gut. That's the kind of compassion Jesus had for his people, for us. We need to have that self same we need to have that same compassion for ourselves and even for others. But we definitely want to have it for ourselves. 
Give yourself some grace. Give yourself some mercy. If God has given you grace and mercy, you need to give yourself that grace and mercy. And understand that your feelings are valid. Just because the Bible talks about being weary, being heavy laden, being tired. And it talks about, you know, we shall mount up on wings as eagles and <laughs> we won't faint. You talk about fainting. Hey, just because the Bible talks about it doesn't mean we'll never feel it. It talks about it because we will feel it. God already knew. The prophets was prophesied because they knew what was happening. They knew what was going to happen. God understood. It's going to come a time. Y'all going to get tired. You're going to get weary. You're going to feel like you're going to faint. You're going to feel like you can't walk. You're going to feel like you can't even speak. You don't even feel like opening your eyes, putting one foot in front of the other. Acknowledge that feeling. And it's okay. Taking a temporary break. I just mentioned that. Take a break from certain spiritual activities. Take a break. Take a break. Take, take a break. Take a break. That's kind of self-explanatory. Take a break. And then exploring new aspects of your faith to find inspiration. If you've never done a mission trip, consider one. If you've never done a spiritual retreat, do one. If you've never taken a special Bible course, find one. They, there's a lot of different things online that's free. If you've never taken the time to really study certain Bible topics, do one. If you've never done a more meditative form of Bible study, consider it. Um, learn about the spiritual disciplines. Learn about the discipline of being silent. I know we talk, I know people understand about, you know, the like monks and stuff like that. Ones that are, you know, spirit, you know, of Christian, uh, of Christian <laughs> aspects, if you will. Um, but there's actually a, a spiritual discipline of, of silence where you don't really speak. Not saying you don't, not saying you don't have thoughts in your mind or anything, but you don't do anything verbal. I have actually done that. I've taken a time where for like several hours, I don't speak. I especially find myself doing that if I'm constantly complaining because we have to understand that this tongue is powerful. The Bible mentions that too. Life and death lies in the power of our tongue. So sometimes I don't talk. Why? Because I'm being complaining a lot and there's been a lot of negativity coming off of this tongue and I need to watch my tongue because I need to check this atmosphere. Because I need my atmosphere to stay in a certain, in a, to stay in a certain um, <laughs> uh, spiritual temperature. And the more I keep talking, that temperature is shifting. And I need for it to shift in the right direction because I need something to manifest from God. And it can't manifest from God if I keep talking negative and I keep complaining. So I 
don't speak. I'm quiet. So exploring new aspects of your faith, because um, there's no limit on God. When we explore those aspects of faith, we meditate on, a, on just like one character of God. I just mentioned the, the like compassion. Study about compassion. What, what kind of, what really was that compassion about that Jesus had? We see it all the time. But what did that really mean? Take some time. Just study certain things like that. And then setting just realistic goals, right? And expectations for your spiritual journey. <sighs> we will never be perfect while here on this earth. We will never be perfect. This world's not perfect. So we'll never be perfect. We have to, we, in order for things to really be considered perfect, first of all, the enemy got to go somewhere, right? <laughs> but Revelations talks about all that. That's why we, when Revelation ends, it talks about new heaven, new earth. Because there's going to be finally perfection. Because God is going to finally reign. The enemy is completely gone. He's no longer in the, in the picture and everything else. Satan is gone. But as long as Satan is in this picture, it will never, ever be perfect. So when we set goals for ourselves and expectations on this spiritual journey, number one, please, 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 please be not ignorant to Satan's devices and understand that life challenges are going to come. And I'm not saying to um, not think that they're not going to challenge you. Or how can I put this? Don't have an expectation as though you're not going to get the wind knocked out of you. I guarantee when Jesus knew the time was coming for him to be crucified and everything that was going to lead up to the crucifixion, his expectations was probably not, oop, this ain't going to hurt. Them, the beating me, the, thorn, the, the, the crown of thorns, that's not going to hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt. I guarantee you, Jesus did not in any way think it wasn't going to hurt. Expect the hurt. Expect a moment that you're going to need to pause. In fact, I encourage you to make room for the moments that you'll need to pause. Make time for the pause, for the pauses. So set those realistic goals and expectations. Psalms 51, 10, create in me a pure heart, pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. There's a, ver there's a version of that that says uh, renew a um, loyal spirit within me. Loyal to this journey. Just a quick, I have so many, but just a quick story. I've tried to pick particular, just one particular, just a personal. Um, when we experienced the stillbirth of our daughter, which is, I feel like, one of many signature 
stories of my life um, in this very faith journey. And this happened in, 20, in August of 2013. Me and my husband. Serving, in, serving. When I tell you we were serving in ministry, my husband was preaching. He's a licensed minister. <sighs> serving alongside of him. Helping people, encouraging people, praying for people, everything. And then that happened. That life challenge alone burnt me out. I was embarrassed. I tried to compare myself to other women in ministry. I didn't give myself much grace because I didn't know how to give myself much grace about that topic. I've been through some things in my life by that time, right? But literally, I didn't know how to give myself much grace and much compassion. Never experienced that anything like that in my life. Cancer survivor, sure. I had cancer when I was 14. And I wasn't even saved then. That's when I got saved. And from then on, I faced some other challenges, but never that. Okay? Never that. And so... Even now, 10 years later, (laughs) I still have moments. I remember the point of breakthrough. And even though I had the point of breakthrough, it still was a journey to recover. I remember we lived in an apartment at that point because we was trying to buy another house and transition and different things of that sort. And I remember my husband had worked late that night and I was so, I, I was so tired. I was tired of feeling like I was in such a dark place and I was so tired. And then finally, I remember laying on my face to pray. Because by that time, I really didn't want to talk to God. I barely wanted to go to church because I was so embarrassed. To not walk in with the baby, with, with our daughter, and not to be able to let people hold her. And I was just, I was all, I was just overall embarrassed. And I felt ashamed. And I felt like I should have done more. Because you have to realize I carried our daughter to 38 and a half weeks. I was full term. And so I laid on that floor that night. And I literally just broke out and cried out and wailed. And we lived on the top floor of that apartment building. So I know my neighbors heard me because I was just screaming into the floor. But I was so honest with God that I finally felt a break. Have you ever been in a moment where you have cried out to God because it's gotten so heavy and it's gotten so dark 
that you finally feel this break happen. You finally feel a crack that happened. I'm not saying that you feel like the load has, has completely been lifted, but you finally feel a crack. You finally, you know, you, you wipe your eyes and, and, and you catch your breath and, and then suddenly you see, wait, I hear something. I feel something. That's what I felt. But it took me having to cry out to God. It took me having to be completely honest. It took me having to be completely naked and telling him I was mad. Oh, I remember what I said. I was mad. I was mad that my daughter wasn't there. I was, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. How in the world could I, a minister's wife, endure such a thing? Why didn't I have the power to save her? Everything. And so throughout that journey from that point on, God had to teach me and God had to bring me back from, uh, it, <laughs> I kind of compare it to like how when um, you have athletes and things trained, you know, and uh, when they go through a really tough season or when they go through a really tough time and they kind of get, they get banged up real bad <laughs> and they got to recover from it. That's what I feel like God had to do with me. Cause eventually I had to get to a point where I was able to hear him because lo and behold, in 2020, we had our son. And so I had to get to a point where I could finally hear him say, try again. And it took some time. And I didn't always pray and petition about being able to be pregnant again and different things like that. Because remember, I'm a cancer survivor. And so there's a lot of medical aspects to that. And so I, I was burnt out. Yo, I, li listen, I, when I tell you the time, the way I prayed during my burnout, I, and I didn't do, I barely want to do anything. I didn't want to really serve in the minute in ministry. I, I took, I, I took a good break. I do recall that I took some breaks and different things. I had to really, really, really seek God. Um, I tried different things to cloak it. I won't lie, I tried it. That's another thing that you might do as well. Hide it. Just keep smiling and thinking you're okay. Mm-mm, don't do it. Let me tell you, don't do that. Don't do that. If you need to break down, break down. If you need to cry, cry. And I don't care where you are. You can be in the middle of a grocery store. You better cry. Or if you need to, leave that grocery cart where it's at and go out to your car and cry real quick. Stop holding all that stuff in. So that's how I navigated my way from that spiritual burnout. 
because that was heavy. I was serving. I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't even. And my faith, and I'll admit this now, my faith at that point, I felt invincible. Not to say I I didn't think the enemy would try me because we had been through some things already. Me and my husband, we had been through things. We had already faced some, some, some heck of some trials. And I just felt like "Mm -mm, nothing, nothing's going to shake my faith at this point. I was wrong. I was so wrong. It shook my faith right down to the core. It made me question what was the point. It did. Me and my husband. Made us question what was the point. Of serving God and yet I had to endure this kind of pain. But the truth is. It's not God. That wants us to be in pain. So. I got through it. And 10 years later, I I still recognize our daughter, um, 10 years old, celebrating her life, even though it was only for 38 and a half weeks inside of me, she still had life. So that's to me the ultimate triumph. And to know that one day I'll be able to see her in heaven is nothing. So... I'd personally recommend always seeking some kind of counsel. I did not go to counseling right away for my spiritual burnout, but I did, uh, finally I did. I did seek out some counseling, and ironically, I did uh, some counseling, and I did spiritual retreats. And I finally, I actually found out I was pregnant on a spiritual retreat with her son. And so, um, and so, it's important to seek that support, right? It's important to really find that guidance. Um, there was a book that I read, um, and I want to say it was, I had to say it's an e-book because I looked on my bookshelf and I couldn't find it. Um, and I think it was called entitled Sacred Rhythm. Sacred Rhythm. Um, I don't know the author. I do apologize for that, but that is a book that I would highly recommend because that kind of will help you go into the... Um, exploration of of your faith giving you some more inspiration um because it taps into some of the spiritual disciplines and so um another book entitled the kingdom life the kingdom life a practical uh theology of discipleship and spiritual formation um this is a really good book just on just some basic principles. Um, I don't think it's just for spiritual leaders as a uh, from the standpoint of pastors, but we're all spiritual leaders. I never really understood the concept of a lay member <laughs> in a church or a pew member. Um, I feel like that kind of waters down your your responsibility as a Christian 
um, because we're all charged with the charge to spread the good news. And so that book, I feel like the kingdom life, um, it opened my eyes to understanding that uh, every pastor needs a pastor, every evangelist needs an evangelist. Um, we all need therapy. <laughs> we all need a therapist. Um, a good therapist has a therapist. Um, please don't ever think that if you ever go see a counselor or a therapist and they tell you they don't have one, you might want to run. That's just my personal opinion. I'm going to be honest. Um, if they tell you they don't got one, yeah, yeah, you might want to be like, well, I'm going to have to go to somebody else because they going to need somebody. They going to need somebody. Um, and so just strategies to rebuilding a, a fulfilling spiritual life. I feel like you should read your Bible. I feel like you should um, take the time to create a habit of reading your Bible, meditating on different aspects of the Bible. Um, however that looks like for you in the beginning and let that evolve. Um, it doesn't have to be anything um, super structured or or fancy but just let it evolve and um, prayer letting that evolve um letting that evolve and different things like that um you want to allow your spiritual journey to be a journey i think sometimes we we try to settle and that's just not the way it's supposed to be um because there's so much more to God. There's no limit. Fasting, praying, um, study the different fasts. Do different fasts in different seasons for specific reasons. Praying, finding that time to really pray and be intimate with God, worshiping Him. Make that time. Even if it starts off with like a two-minute meditation. I love the Abide app. That's another resource. The Abide app. They they have simple two-minute meditations. Two minutes. Who don't got two minutes in a day? And it'd be some and it'd be some really wonderful stuff to really just meditate. Proverbs 15:22 Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So you have plans to recover, you have plans to not want to be in the burnout, right? To have a spiritual burnout. Seek out some counsel on that. I remember the best advice me and my husband got during that right when that happened from our pastor, and he just said be human. Which lets me know that's goes back to acknowledging your feelings, having some self compassion. Be human. It's okay. Take take a break. Take some self care. So, just to recap, you know, we don't want there's no need to be embarrassed. There's no need to feel as though spiritual burnout is something that should not happen if I'm a Christian. That's a lie from the enemy. The enemy's going to make you do one or two things. He's going to make you think you're invincible. And you're supposed to keep going. 
he's going to give you, he's going to make you do the extreme. So that way when the burnout happens, it's going to feel like such a big blow or he's going to make it seem as though um, it's okay to wallow in the burnout. And so we have to keep that in mind that it's nothing to be ashamed of. We just have to acknowledge it. We have to recognize it and then take the necessary steps to overcome it. Um, Definitely reflect on your well-being, your spiritual well-being. We have mind, body, and spirit. Don't neglect any of them, any aspects of yourself. And so I encourage you all to really reflect on your spiritual well-being and making sure that you're taking that time to be intimate with God, taking that time for self-care and, um, you know, exploring those uh this just just the different steps and resources that I might have mentioned and then um just take your time take your time take your time remember you try to you try to recognize the signs and symptoms before the burnout really has a big effect on your life before you start losing the enthusiasm, right? Um, before you start feeling that it's way too heavy. That minute you start to feel, whoop, wait, something, I feel like I overcommitted on something. Then start, that's, that's when you be like, wait, yeah, that's too much. So pull back, say no when you need to say no, set those boundaries, and do what you need to do. All right? So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for uh, just um, taking the time to listen. Um, please be sure to uh, uh, share this. Um, this is, of course, I uploaded on podcast. Um, upload, uh, uploaded this podcast on Facebook, on the Facebook page, but um, the Reviving the Spirit Facebook page, but as well, um, Bullhorn, <laughs> which is the um, production software that I use. It has its own website as well, so you can catch it on that. Um, as well as other platforms as um, I begin to expand this. Um, this is the launch of this podcast. And so I definitely encourage you to stay tuned. And, uh, and I welcome your feedback. I welcome um, your own feedback and your own experiences on how um, you faced spiritual burnout. And if there's anybody out there right now that is facing spiritual burnout, I encourage you to, to definitely um, leave some comments. And so um, stay tuned for the next episode, which is going to be talking about finding hope in dark times. So we're going to be looking at some um, biblical figures and just Christian uh, Christians all over. You know, um, I'll, I'll share more of mine. And then there we all know we probably have heard different stories and medias and different things like that has faced some adversity, some dark times, but they found hope. And um, that it that will, you know, that inspires us even in the difficult times. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and pray out. God, thank you for this time. God, I just thank you for for every listener. And I just honestly pray, even if that one listener. Maybe they're in the midst of the burnout right now. They're spiritually burned out right now. And they didn't know what to really do. They didn't know if they should pause. They didn't know if 
they should just try to just get right back into the into all the activities they didn't really know how to really overcome it but i pray god that after they listen to this they they know that now they can give themselves some self-compassion give themselves some mercy give themselves some grace give themselves some time and just in essence begin just connecting with you just begin doing some self-care and just begin working on the intimate relationship that they're supposed to have with you. God, I pray that we all are reminded of that. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that's important. Because we will have to speak and answer for our own selves when the final judgment comes. And so God, I pray that we really begin to understand and cultivate our relationship with you, that one-on-one. Because God is one of the most wonderful, it's the most wonderful relationship that any one of us can ever have. God, I thank you. And I pray strength for every listener. God, I declare and decree that every listener will just receive that strength that they need they receive that love that support that they need God I ask that you'll just send the caring angels to their to, to their to their aid right now in the name of Jesus whatever that they're standing in the need of maybe they need to understand how to say no maybe they need to understand how to set healthy boundaries Maybe they need to know how to fast, how to, how, to, how to really meditate on your word. Maybe they, they need to download the Abide app on their phone and just start from there. God, I pray that you will just continue to strengthen your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. God bless.